We don't, we don't bite. What's up, guys? Jason Payne, owner of the Sexy Business Status uh, podcast and your host. Today, we have one of my good buddies and dear friends, Carlos Reyes in the house. Thanks for having me, bro. And uh, Carlos has been on with us before, back in the Menace ga- uh, days, in the Menace game. And um, he and I have had some very heartfelt conversations and uh, very blessed to call my friend. And he actually reached out to me. I didn't reach out to him when all that went down. So that was, uh, I've reached out to a lot of people uh, to communicate with them about what happened and, and the fallout. Uh, you were actually one of two people that actually reached out to me and said, hey, how can I help? And how can I, you know, wh- how can I, you know, give you from my experiences, right? You've been burned before mm-hmm. and uh, gone through that. And it came down to, you know, he's like, how can I help you and Nick to, you know, to thrive and to grow and get out of this? And I think one of the things we talked about before off camera was about action. And um, this happened, this follow happened uh, Easter Sunday, uh, more or less the, the week of Easter, which is about 30 days ago. Since then, this already rebranded, already have a brand, already have a logo, already have a funnel, and we already have an event. And this podcast room was literally full of roofing stuff and water bottles and whatnot literally 30 days ago. So this whole entire thing, there, was, there wasn't any piece of equipment in here. And I, I, I felt that I needed to still get my voice out there, no matter what, what's on my shirt or on my hat. And, um, and so within that 30 days, literally jumping that podcast this will be episode probably 18 or 19 within 30 days. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, one, I just want to appreciate you, uh, coming out. I know, I know you've got a busy schedule and, and you're very, uh, particular who you connect with. And that, that 30 minute phone call we had with Nick was life changing for me about two weeks ago. So I just want to say personally, say thank you for that. Thank you. Bro. And, um, so our audience, those are listening that most of them are small business owners, mm-hmm. right? Doing anywhere from maybe a few hundred grand to a few million at best. Uh, which is very scary because the average small business owner goes out of business, less than 10 employees, less than $3 million. And within five years, they're 98% of them are gone. And that's where my passion and my impact and my influence wants to help people push through that. And so that's what my coaching program is. I'm also very selective of who I let of who I coach, because if I can't help them get past that, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with it. I will still be their friend, but if I can't help them get past that, I, I don't want to fail them. And so I feel like they need they can push through that. But a lot of us, Sean Whalen was at MenaceCon, mm-hmm. right? And he talked about patterns. And patterns being how uh, we're programmed from the government to social media to school systems to religion and, and these patterns that, that were basically programmed. He used the word programmed a lot. And uh, in the small business world, I feel like we're programmed that you have to be an owner-operator forever. You have to be... You know the guy that does that wears all eighteen hats and works twelve to eighteen hours a day. And if you only if you don't work twelve hours a day, you, you know you're a pansy and you suck and you know that kind of deal. Um, so for those that are listening, based off the success that you've had, what advice would you give those guys that are in the? We talked about being in the trenches, right? Being the men in the arena. They're the men in the arena, um, and I feel like you should never go out of the arena no matter what. But maybe your position inside the arena can change over time, where you go from being the owner operator to you know, to uh, Kent Clothier, you know, Kent, going from the hustler to the CEO role. What does that look like for you? And how did you, how did you get out of that? <clears throat> I wouldn't even call it a CEO role. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, I have a CEO that works for me, you know, and I just, sure. I just, um, I just parted ways with another CEO in another company. Okay. So I've now officially have had two CEOs that have worked for me. One of them still does. Um, I've had a COO that was my first C-suite hire ever, a COO, um, and and you know I learned 
learn some hard lessons from from that situation. Sure. Right. So the whole goal is for you for, to go from like a solopreneur, right, to uh, almost like an owner operator, where now you start you know hiring some people, but you're still in the trenches with those people. You're still building up, right? Totally. To eventually being a true business owner, right? Like I think of somebody like Jeff Bezos. I I, I think of him. I don't think of him as a CEO. I think of him as a business owner. I think he has a CEO. You get what I'm saying? Totally. So um, obviously, I I think you know we can agree to disagree. I love Kent Clothier. The guy has um, he's given me some beautiful, beautiful lessons through our conversations. Sure. Right. Specifically about the education space. Uh, so I have I have a lot of respect for him. He's a legend. You know, he's an OG of the game. Sure. But uh, I don't want people to be CEOs. I want them to have CEOs that work for them. That's awesome. Because my CEO, this guy rolls his sleeves. I mean, by the way, my CEO doesn't have to be my CEO. My CEO has more money than I do. Mm. My CEO has more money than me and Sal combined. You know what I mean? And sure. I know he doesn't like his business out there, but the guy, you know, the guy's, he's built... He's built companies and he's built a particular company to uh, $210 million in annual revenue, you know, and that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good, big accomplishment. Sure. Right. Uh, he became a CEO when I was entering middle school. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's, 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 he's been, he's Decades. a vet. He, he's a vet. He, and, and you, that's what you want. You, you, a lot of people can't get past their own, their own ego uh, or whatever it is, their own personal belief system, right? Their own limitations that they don't hire somebody like a Pete or a CEO uh, for some reason, whether it's a control issue, right, or it's a scarcity issue, like they don't want to pay the money or whatever it is. Sure. But my advice is when the opportunity is there and, and, and you've been disciplined enough with, with, your, with your money, right, hire somebody who knows more than you. You want to hire people that can tell you what to do, right? Like, I don't know how to shoot a camera. He does, right? Sure. You know, you 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 hire the 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 marketing experts. The you hire you hire the H the HR experts. Mm. You hire the admin experts. You hire the uh, a sales director. Um, you you hire you know just different people that are actually going to tell you, hey, this is actually the way that we should be doing this. It's funny that you say that because Elon Musk, they there it's been it's gone viral. But the video of he said, well, did you go to Harvard or Yale or Stanford? He's like, no. He's like, but there's an audience. He's like, but he works for me. He works yep. for me. He works for me. He works, and all those guys did mm -hmm. right. And so um, I want to I want to transition into this. The whole reason why I brought you on. Um, is one of our core values in my roofing company is being transformational versus transactional. And I had this conversation with my sales team even just three hours ago on our sales call. But I want to talk to talk to our audience about the difference. You brought this up. I remember I literally where I was standing in the hallway when you talked about transactional relationships versus transformational relationships. Or what do you what do you call them? Transactional relationships. Uh, different, I, I got three different buckets. Buckets. Okay, you call right? them buckets, I, it's right? three different buckets. I don't even remember who I learned this from. It. I mean, I've hired so many coaches and mentors personally, you know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. Um, I don't even remember who I learned this from, but, you know, me personally, I have my relationship bucket, I have my transactional bucket, and then I have my stay the hell away from them bucket. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, and the those, block bucket. <laughs> yeah, th those folks are uh, the stay the hell away from uh, bucket are – are people that, you know, don't serve you, right? And when I say, it's funny, anytime I say people that don't serve you, people automatically think like, oh, like they actually have to be servants of you. No, 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 no. 
No, they serve my life as in they bring something to the table. They bring some kind of value, right? Whether it could be financial, it could be spiritual, it could be mental, you know, it could be an example of how I should treat my family, et cetera, right? Sure. That's that, how do they serve your life, right? That's what I mean by that. Or they're just a leech, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the 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 state of hell away from uh, bucket. Most of the time, uh, those are people that first and foremost, uh, first and foremost, they lack integrity. Mm. You know, they they lack core values. They lack principles. They're not men of honor. Those are people that you want to identify very early and stay the hell away from them. Now I want to talk about gonna, this because you're going to get bit. You're going to get you're going to get bit. Sure. You're going to get bit pretty hard. So uh, you know Peter Meyerhoff, Chappie. Uh, actually, I've, I've, I've seen him around. Yeah. yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know him. So he's buddy with Josh. No, he was just on my podcast. He's, uh, anyways, he did prison time and all that stuff. And it was funny. He and my wife, uh, they're naturally like pessimists. I'm very optimistic. Like somebody pulls out a knife right now and comes up to me. I'm going to be like, dude, like, oh, like we're going to break bread. Like you have bread and butter. Like what? Not like, oh no, I'm trying to stab you or, st- or st- rob you. Right. That's literally how I, how I, that's my approach on life. And Obviously, people take advantage of that in a bad way. Um, he had he said he has a gift, and I said, "Is it God given, or is it is it a an established? Is it a skill that you can learn and earn?" Because I I, I got burned right twelve months of this relationship, and on the back end, it, it was actually unethical and immoral, and uh, and it burned me bad and my family bad and financially in a bad way. Um, some people have have that, and they they're quick to find that. Do you feel like that is like a God-given gift or is that a skill set that like triggers and key indicators to like, hey, that person is actually not in alignment with my morals and my values? What do you, what's your take on that? Man, I don't, I don't Does that think, make sense though? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Okay. And I'll, I'll okay. tell you, uh, I, I believe that the reason why I'm so, um, um, I would say conservative, right? Very, very, uh, pr- very protective with the people that I get near or anybody that I um, do anything with, right? Mm-hmm. Because anything that you do, especially even on the in the business world, people always think it's transactional, but it's also spiritual. Anytime sure. that you do, anytime that you do anything with someone, you know, and and there's an exchange, right? Money is energy, and there's an if there's if there's an exchange of money, then there was an exchange of energy, right? Sure, it, it, it is spiritual, also. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I've been burned enough times. Um, I don't think that, unfortunately, the only way that you can possibly avoid it is if you if you get around the right people very early right and in in the case of uh many uh many folks that are much smarter than me right i i wish i would have started hiring uh mentors and um and coaches early because they would have given me the info because they've already been burned you know what i mean yeah it's kind of like if you know when you tell i got a 10 year old and a four-year-old daughter if i say hey don't put your hand on the fire because it's going to burn your hand Right, they can either take my word for it, sure. Right, I've already, I've already done it, right? Or they can put their hand in the fire and get burned. Well, it's a very similar situation with these kind of things because you and I are very similar. We always give people the benefit of the doubt, and sure. we always see the good in people, and we totally disregard, right, the 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 um, the deficiencies. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Uh, we we totally. Uh, overlook the the red flags. Yeah, we we blindly just trust. And and it could be for multiple reasons. Yes, it could be because that's just what our hearts are. We have good hearts, but just because you have a good heart doesn't mean that you know you you shouldn't be looking for some of these things to protect the heart that you have. You know what totally, I mean? Totally, totally. Right. Um. In 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 this kind of situation, you know, when when you get burned, um, I don't know if this is the first time that you've been burned to that degree. Right. Yes. Hundred percent. Okay. It yep. is. 
So uh, I've been burned um, at every level you can think of. You know, I've been burned at the uh, employee level. I've been burned on the friendship level. I've been burned on the, um, you know, like uh, family level. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been financial. Burned, yeah. I've been burned at every, every level you can think of. So now it's, I have a, a natural callus, you know, and a natural radar to kind of see these things. You know what I mean? Well, and it's funny that you say that because so Chappie, who was on here, he, like I said, he had prison time. Susan, you know, so obviously the experiences that he had in being burned and like, the, the type of betrayal and uh, narcissism and whatnot that happens here in the normal world, uh, you might burn bridges and burn relationships that you can't build back. You do that in prison, like that could be your life. You're dead. Yeah. You're, you literally could be dead. Yeah. And he said that, and I was like, holy cow. I was like, yeah, there's no, there's no like, you know, slap on the wrist in, in prison. You mm -hmm. screw somebody over like that or do something bad. No one's He's calling like, the lawyers. You're, yeah, you're done though. Yeah. There's, you're, no, like, there's no cease and desist letter. No. No, there's, no. there's one of those knives in the form of a shank. Yeah. Right. No matter wherever they get it from, and then yeah. next thing you know, you're you're walking towards you know somewhere, and you get stabbed five to ten times, and you're dead. Yeah. That's and the so way my things my are. wife my wife didn't have that extreme right uh, of prison time, but on relationships with her family and some family members, she had been burned, and even some boyfriends with betrayal and being cheated on and stuff like that. And so she had built up that callus that you're talking about, mm -hmm. and so because she she caught it from day one, literally over a twelve month period, she caught it from, she called it from day one. I don't like this guy, uh, you know, this and that. And then uh, uh, P also also mentioned that. And I said, hey, it was like, how how do you do that? And he said, I think it's because you have to experience it in order to know what it feels like or tastes like. And I said, well, I've never felt that before. So that's why my guard was way lower or way down compared to others where you have this like due diligence well, process. Well, think, right? about, think about what, what might have distracted you from ever seeing any red flags. Have you ever thought about that? Like, think about think about this, right? Like, Man, how come I, and if you look back, and, and I'm not, by the way, first and foremost, what I want to obviously say publicly is uh, I'm not here to, you know, to create, you know, to, to burn bridges or create division, right? We're sure. just, we're having a conversation about a specific situation that you're facing, right? Right. Um, so I have, I personally have no attachment to it. So I'm just kind of looking at it from the outside in. Um now that this has happened to you, which eventually you're gonna figure you're gonna figure out that this is happening for you, sure. even though it's happening it's happening to you, right? Yeah. Um. Now this has happened. Now if you retract and you look back, you're like, wait a minute, there was this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this that I just just kind of looked past and kept moving on. You yeah. Know? So I actually got a notebook and a red pen and wrote down the red flags, and some of them were from my wife telling me like, hey, red flag, and I'd be like, no, 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 like. He's good for it, or that you know, people people change, people make mistakes, right? And I'm very, like I said, I'm naturally optimistic. Like, hey, you make a mistake, like you know, you 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 repent, or you you know, you yeah. fix you fix your wrong, yeah. and you don't do it again, and you move on, right? I made a mistake and before, but like that doesn't mean that because they made a mistake one time that they're a royal piece of crap. Sometimes they are, and they're just and they just continue to make those bad choices, um, even though they say they fixed it and they're not going to do those wrongdoings again. Um, but with me, I, I wrote down, I had about nine of them over a, about 13, 14 month period of red flags. I was like, Hey, here's one of them. Whether it was me seeing something just be like, Nope, I'm all in. Like, let's just go just, and almost blur it out. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when mm -hmm. you do a selfie and you like blur out everything around you or like the, the, the guy, the surfer behind you and you're taking a selfie at the beach, you know, on the commercials and like you blur that out. The dude's still there, mm -hmm. right? Or that distraction, or that red flag mm -hmm. is still there. Even if you want to blur it out or give them. And so there was, so that I've learned that for sure and uh, do my due diligence as well too on, on people and businesses and, and what they've currently done. Um, because 
like I said, it's I, I don't know. I've I've never gone down that road, but the two people that I've talked to and that are naturally like that, it's because they've already experienced something to that level. And so they're like, it's it's not really a, a God given talent by any means. It's you just have to go through it. And I have I've never been through it. I've never been in prison and I had to deal with, you know, where he has to make a split second decision of like somebody, this, this dude, this, this person or this person might die based off of if I say yes or no, right? He was like one of the big, you know, political top dogs in there. It's almost like a radar. Yes. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like a radar, you know, like, and you know, you, you, you just, you, you have this natural almost instinct. It's almost like an animal instinct. It's an energetic instinct where, you know, you're like, man, I, I'm going to have my walls up with this guy, you know? Sure. Um, you know, hey, I don't really, I don't really trust this, this, this individual. You know what I mean? And I didn't trust my gut either, too. I think I had a, a few opportunities to trust my gut, and I didn't, and I let the outer influence, um, the shiny object syndrome, whatever you want to call it, that well, part. That's what I was going to tell you. And I think, I, like I said, I, th- I, I didn't trust my, I know I didn't trust my gut at least on two different things where I said, hey, like my gut said, don't do it, and I still did it anyways. Or we, you know, kept, continued on. Yeah. And uh, that was one of my, one of my red red line items so there a, a, a lot of times even like let's just take it back to when you're building a business right a lot of the a lot of the times why we actually um a lot of things slipped through the cracks was because my business partner and myself we were so focused on the north star right and then there was it's it's you're distracted like you're so focused on you know you have these blinders on right and you're just like this. totally you can't see that this person is stealing money from the company and you can't see that this person is over here gossiping and turning the whole company against you. You don't see these things because you're so focused on the North star. You know what I mean? Sure. sure. So until you actually start having a, a full grip on your business where you're like, okay, I know what my North star is, but I also know that I have to be here and I have to make sure that all this happens because this is all, mm-hmm. all this is going with me to, to the North star. Right. Well, we get again. We get blinded by the light of the North Star. You know what and, I mean? And it's funny because some people call it a distraction. I'm like, that distraction is what's preventing you from getting to the North Star faster. Is because the, like I said, the people around you and that you're helping, you know, you're helping them and they're helping you grow whatever business. Mm-hmm. Those guys, they might be a, a, for your core values at one point in time, but then they make a decision or their their ethics are and their morals are are questioned. And they have to make a choice. Well, in the beginning, they're online and in in sync with your core values and the vision and everything, but then people change, right? And whether it's money or greed or pride or whatever, then they then they go away from that core value. And when that when they go against your core values, like that's that's what I love about like the core values are like commandments for business. Mm -hmm. And if you have this the right ones and you have a handful of them and your employees know what they are, you don't ever have to fire anybody. My core values fire people. I have literally Pulled out. You guys saw it in the other room. I, yep. Core values. I literally fired somebody two weeks ago, and I said, "Hey, which one of these core values have you been going against for the past thirty days?" And there's like eight of them. And I said, "Which one?" And he pointed out two or three. I said, "You don't go against any of them. Give me your keys and your phone, and, and have a good day." Straight so up. Because I, I, I love that you said that. Have you guys? Have you guys watched Air? Nick. Nick has. He just watched. It. He said yeah, it's amazing. I, I haven't watched it yet. It, it's 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 a really good story about. Um, there's a couple things actually that that movie just reminded me of when it comes to to you and everything you got going on, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one, right? The the brand doesn't make you, you make the brand. Totally. So Nike, right? Nike, um, during, during the eighties, uh, I think their revenue was around $850 million uh, in annual revenue, which was pretty healthy back then, totally. but they only had about 17%, uh, 
market share in the uh, basketball world. Gotcha. A majority of their their brand revenue came from running. They were kind of a running company. Mm. So until so they saw something in Michael Jordan that a lot of people oversaw. Adidas and Converse wanted to sign Michael Jordan, but Nike saw something different in Michael Jordan. Nike was willing to bet their their entire budget that they were supposed to distribute among five different players in the bat in, in the basketball world. Mm. They bet it all on this one person. They saw his greatness before anybody else saw it. Phil Knight or whoever it was yeah. trusted uh, that well, good instinct and it, said, hey, it, yes. like we need so to go they, all they, in on they, this guy. They went all in on Michael Jordan. Wasn't Adidas like over 50% market share at that point too? Yeah. Oh, well, Adidas, they, Adidas, Adidas and was, Converse. They were I mean, smoking Converse at Nike. that time had Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. I mean, the biggest stars in the, you know what I mean? Sure. But, but Nike, you have to remember, Nike was not Nike in the basketball world before Michael Jordan came into it. That's right. Why do you think sure. they they were the, one of the first? They were the the first shoe company to to name something in their in in the Nike company after someone else. Air Jordan, right? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Air Jordan, right? They knew that this 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 young kid had all this greatness ahead of him. They called it. They're like, this guy's going to win championships. He's going to win MVP. He's going to transform everything, and we want to be a part of it. We're, we're, we we want to be a part of it. We're willing to go all in with this kid where not only are we going to bet our entire budget on him, right, but we're also going to do a revenue share with him. They were the first co company. Oh, really? They're the first shoe company to ever. That's how much they believed in this individual. And this was in the early 90s, right? Early 80s. Early 80s, okay. Yeah, like yeah, 84 yeah. around there. Okay. That's how much they believed in this one individual. So again, back to the whole brand, right? You make, we make the brand, and you know, and, and 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 it's not the other way around. The brand doesn't make you; you make the brand. Yeah, right. You make the brand. So when you think of 10x, what do you think of? I was just gonna say Grant that. Cardone. I was gonna say 10x. Right. I'm like, yeah. 10x isn't Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone is 10x. So yeah, if you ask anybody, even you know, in the middle tier world, like you ask anybody in the real estate world, etc., you know, when they think of all in, they think of they think of of me, right? Yeah. But that's because of what I stand for, right? What is the core? What are the core uh, principles or the core values of all in, right? All sure. God, family, hustle. You see what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. back to your what you got going on, you're going to launch another brand. And that's what I'm saying. Like sexy business status, I want to ask you what that holds about because is that something that a multitude of people can get behind? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Well, sure. That's what we'll talk about all sure. these things because remember, a brand isn't what you think it is. A brand is what they think it is. You right. know what I mean? Right. 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 So- this is what I believe that every brand should have. Every brand should have a mission statement, right? Which you guys, you they do, right? Sure, the, sure. The, the guys from Zealous Energy. Sure. Every brand, uh, every brand should have a mission statement. Every brand should have a um, um, uh, core values, like you do. Yep. Right. Yep. But I also believe that every brand should have uh, principles, and that's what I saw from Nike. Nike had ten principles. Core values are great. I think that should be three to five, three to five hardcore values. Sure, sure. Right? This is who we are. This is who we're not. But what about the principles? Right? I'll give you one of the principles of Nike. We're always on offense, never on defense. That means that they're always looking to be creative, always looking for the next thing. They're always pushing. They're yeah. always playing offense. So good. You see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, they're being, they're so, being proactive, not reactive. So you, every brand, so, and this is the other thing that, they, that every brand should have, a vision statement. Mm. Vision, mission, core values, and principles. 
that's one thing that I told Sal yesterday. I, I it, Sal left to to uh, Cali with his family yesterday. They went to uh, Disneyland, right? Sure. I said, "Hey, brother, um, I want Spencer to. I want us. I want me, you, and Pete to come up with ten principles, and I want them blasted all over, all over our our our, our walls here. Yeah. Right? We're gonna have our core values in one wall, but we're gonna have our principles all over." The entire building distributed inside, randomly, mm -hmm. right? So, and I said, and I want one of those. I, I want one of those principles to be no negativity, or negativity is not tolerated, right? Because obviously, negativity in the workplace can destroy a workplace. Totally. Ready? We're talking. What are we? When, when I think of negativity in the workplace, I think of uh, I think of gossiping. You know what I mean? I think of gossiping. I think of people bringing their their drama. Right, I outer, think outer outer drama from from yeah. yeah they bring it from outside yeah family and, relationships and even if you have internal drama if you if you have an issue with in the workplace go talk to our HR lady yeah go talk to our HR lady show you know they'll they'll have sit downs the the CEO will get involved and right uh, I probably won't get involved and if it's against me then you probably are not <clears> going to work there no I'm just sure. joking that's not <laughs> the case I also have to abide by these principles right sure uh, but go talk to the HR lady and the HR lady will. We'll bring it up to the CEO, and then the CEO will make a, a conscious decision of how we can actually try to move forward and resolve, you know, whatever in, internal, right, internal uh, conflict or challenge that you're having. But sure. again, this is why I strongly believe that you that every company should have a vision, a mission, core values, and principles that everybody abides by. So now that now you bring that up, now bigger, more established businesses believe in this and have this, right? Big big boys from insurance to mm -hmm. car dealerships to health, the health industry, tech, that kind of stuff. Talking small business owners. You're talking owner operator. You're talking two or three employees. I call them SMB, small to medium sized businesses. Um yeah. anywhere from three hundred K to fifteen million. Yeah, yeah. Right. So just ball, just ballpark. I think I know the answer, but ballpark. How many of those guys have either all four of those, or at least two out of the four of those? Uh, less than probably five percent. Yeah. So that's because you know why though. So so we naturally as 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 leaders and business owners, we we naturally have like it's 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 embedded in our DNA genetically, right? Like it's sure. something that we either acquired or we were not born with, but we saw. I think everybody, everything's caught anyway, right? Like, you know, because you're born as this clean canvas and then things are sure. not taught, they're caught, right? Then, sure. then you start looking at, oh man, my mom was a hard worker, so I'm I'm a hard worker, right? My mom did this, my mom did that. My teachers were this, my coaches were that, right? So right. everything's kind of right. caught, right? Totally. Um, I, I feel like we all think as leaders and as, as, as business owners, we all think that everybody's like us. That's, 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 our, that's one of our number one challenges that we can't see past ourselves. Yeah. We believe that, well, naturally, everybody should have integrity in the business. Yeah. Right? Naturally, everybody should work hard. Yeah, do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, what we, is the right thing? Hey, I got news <laughs> for you. There's a reason why the 97% is the 97%, right? They're, the way they think and, 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 and the way that their entire mental construct is, mm -hmm. it's not like us. Or else you would have everybody in the world owning their own business. Yeah. Everybody in the world would be running for president. Everybody in the world would be uh, a, a political leader or, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. Right? The fact of the matter is nine out of 10 people are not. So unless you put it in plain sight, in easy English, where a third grader can understand, right? No gossiping. 
Yeah, right. dumb, you see dumb what I'm dumb. saying? Yeah, it doesn't need to be this wordy, like, doctorate type of it thing. Can be, it has to be very simple, actually. Well, one of Grant's is no negativity allowed. He has bumper stickers and the whole entire there thing, right? It's just like... Um, so that that being said, someone that owns a small business and that doesn't have those things, literally two or three hours, put your phone on, do not disturb, and you can come up with those things. I think they already have those. People, I, I actually had one of, one of our clients actually uh, Google core values. And he like copied and pasted them and he brought them to me. And I laughed and I was like, get the hell out of here. Try again. I was like, that's not what I mean. A vision statement is like, what is your, you as a business owner, no matter how big your business is, you already know how big you want to get this thing and what you want to do with it, right? 100 million, billion, 10 million, whatever that number is. And it'll change over time. But right now, like right now, my next goal is the goal for this year is 15 million. We're on track to do 13. I was going to say, I think your company is between eight and 12. Uh, we're on, yeah, we're on track to do 13. We did 10.6 last year. We're on track to do 13. Our goal is 15. I look at a business but, like him and I'm like, they're between, they're between eight and 12. I look yeah. at a bit. Why? Cause I've been there. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I've and so, there. so that, that being said, but my goal or my next push after we get to 15 is 25. We want to do 25 by 2025. That's our goal. Guess and, then what? For, and then it'll change in the next six months, 12 months, 18 months. Right. But guess what? So your next, uh, it's called a business breaking point. Yes. Your, ne- your next is, is 15 mil? 15 mil. Okay. Um, I think you can get there with what you have right now, but I don't think you can get to 25 with no way. with what you have and who you have. So that that's that was a huge, huge point. So Brandon and Natalie Dawson, right? Uh, Cardo Ventures live here. They live here in PV. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about that as well, too. That's one of Brandon's biggest biggest things that he talks about. Was breaking those, points. Was breaking points. Yep. And so goes to leadership or whatever, <clears throat> whatever yep. the case may be. It's, and by the way, it's true. <clears throat> well, and we all, we all think that like, it's, oh, it's painfully oh, true, by the way. Oh, oh, it's, it's painfully yeah. True. I'm having like these these aha moments. I'm like, dude, I was like, these people uh, that that are my employees, they're great at what they do, but I need to either bring. Uh, it's very hard to elevate those people to get you to that next growth. Yep. A lot of times, you need to bring in external people that have already been there to help bring you up, and that requires humility and understanding. Like, hey, like I've never been there. I want to go there, but the people I currently have. They're great employees. They do a great job. There's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. But to go to that next level of growth, so, I need... And th- by the way, 10% of them, one out of 10, will be willing to to try to grow with you and grow with the company. Yeah, we call it capacity issues, right? They might not have the skill set. They might not have the drive. They might get timid. They might mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, those capacity issues to where they'll go there. But then also you need to bring in other people that, that can and want to take that next level of growth and that have been there too. And so that's been one of my biggest things. <clears throat> so that that being said, 98%, 95% of these small business owners don't have principles, core values, vision statement, um, or mission Vi- statement. Vision, mission, core values, and principles. principles. Those four things. So I think that that sets the standard for any business, anyone that owns a business. If they haven't, those that are listening or watching, that haven't done it, it, it it's already inside of you. Yep. Your mission statement is who you are. It's you're not like pulling shit from Google. Like it's it's but who you, it's but, who you are. That's why core values. Like yeah. those core values that are that are in the other room that you guys looked at. That's me verbatum. But, why? Because I'm not going to create core values that goes against that's what I was who I say. am. Like, I was, and your principles I, are yeah. no I, negativity. Yeah. Why? Because you hate that shit. I, it drives I you can't. nuts. Yeah, it, and it's that's a, a cancer. Principle. It's a cancer to the business place. Yeah. It's a cancer to the business place. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that unfortunately a lot of people. Um, now ask me the percentage of people that that create vision statements and mission statements and core values and principles that create them sure. but don't abide by them and don't really believe in them and don't you know they, they don't 
they don't walk the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unfortunately, they I would have say, a business. I would say <laughs> I would say seventy percent of them, seventy percent of them, they don't they don't believe it and they don't they don't live it. They don't live it. Seventy yeah. percent of people who create core values don't live it. Seventy percent. Seventy. I would say seven out of ten. Think yeah. about it. Yeah, oh, it, you know what? My, uh, you know, it's it's um it, it's formal or it's cool to just have core values, but if you excuse me, if you don't believe in it as as the business owner, right? If you don't believe in them, and you don't abide by them, and you don't live like you don't live every single day by them, not only in the workplace but outside of the workplace, sure. People can easily see that, and guess what happens? It's a it's a domino effect. Well, and it, it's a divider, big time. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy that you say that. So the other part too is when people implement these things that we're talking about, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I coach this, but also you brought up the principles one, which is also huge, right? So principles, core values, mission statement, vision statement. Cool. I spent a weekend and I have all those, Jason or Carlos or whatever. I have those. Cool. How often are you revisiting them? How often are you bringing those to your employees? They change. So yes, they will it, change with time. Right as your company grows, totally. they will change. Yeah. I have so we have a, we have a meeting every morning from eight thirty to nine. We go over wins and we go over what we what we taught. We're on Cardone University. Shameless plug. So I have twenty five people on Cardone University every single day. So whether you love it or hate it, I freaking love it. But um, it's changed, it's changed my life personally. Good. So that being said, um, we go over our wins. So every, there's twenty five people in there. It's it's obviously quick. You know, 10, 30 seconds at most. And we go over what what was your win, and we talk about Brandon Dawson's personal, professional, financial goals, right? So it could be it doesn't have to be like I sold a deal or this or that. It could be like yesterday, one of our kids or one of our clients' kids graduated kindergarten, and he got to be there. Like he was actually able to take time off, not be working or be at a job. Yeah. And he's like, I've never been able to do that for my older kids, and like that was a huge win for him, right? So we go over wins, and then we go over um, something that we learned from the training. Right, some where we can work on our personal, professional, or financial goals and that personal development. So we learned. Very first thing we start with is core values. We put it on the screen. It's a Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. we put it on the screen, and and somebody different reads off every single core value every single day. I didn't start doing this till like three months ago. It's programming. It, it, it is programming. It's programming because, because it, it, but that's the part is you, you. So you do the core values, you do the mission statement, the vision statement, and you put it on these cool canvas and it sits in your office, mm -hmm. but you never touch it. You never look at it. You never go over it. it. Nor do your employees. Like that is a bit. That's a big problem, right? Like you, you people. Ninety five percent of people don't have it, and then seven out of ten of them don't follow them. Don't follow them. Yeah. Or don't or don't revisit them to be able to implement them and hold hold their team, hold their staff, even hold their clients at that point accountable for for those I, principles. I strongly believe. Uh, I, I would consider myself. I'm not going to say consider. I, I, I'm a man of principle, right? My business partner and I, we have partnership principles. Mm. We have partnership principles. You know what I mean? Sure. Trust, respect. It's four of them. Hold on. Trust, respect, accountability, bigger picture. Bigger picture. Trust, yeah. respect, accountability, bigger picture. And that's you Those as are, your partner. This is me and my this is me and my partner. These are okay. what we call our partnership principles. So mm. we actually hold each other accountable for those four partnership principles. Trust, right? We trust each other professionally and personally, right? Sure. Respect. We respect each other professionally and personally. That's right? a huge one. We talk about oh, respect. It's like no, you'll be no. amazed of the professional narcissism, yeah. the no. the the degrading. I, like I'm bigger than you type I, deal. I respect. It's a big thing. To, it's a real thing, bro. The guy here. Let me just say something that he's done that I have absolutely nothing to do with. That I think it's going to actually uh, be a a, a uh, nine figure uh, business, nine figure company, right? Mm -hmm. Um. The guy has been building a um, a software called Prospect X. Okay, it's a it's the first of its kind. It's the first of its kind. It's a data provider. 
for, um, for I mean, you guys have seen it, right? It's a data provider for the home service, uh, home service uh, space, the real estate space. I mean, it's a data provider. Sure. I mean, it provides everything. It's a skip tracer. Mm. Okay. So okay. now it gets you, it gives you the information that uh, that your business needs to to that inf- to that data, and it's a CRM. All in and one. All in one. Oh well. Wow. All in one because you got you got big companies like uh, there's a company out there called PropStream. Uh, they're a data company, and they sold to I think some kind of title company for 170, 180 million dollars uh, a year ago or two years ago, right? That's great. They have uh, I think they do data and skip tracing, but they have no CRM, which is huge. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have it's we for five years he has been building it, and I have blindly been funding it, millions and millions and millions of mm-hmm. dollars into this software. 60, 70 developers at the same time. You get what I'm saying? Totally. But again, trust, respect, right? And my accountability, I'm holding him accountable. Hey, brother, when is this out, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's been in beta now for a very long time. Sure. I think there's over 100 people in the real estate space that use it. But now we're about to launch it nationally to the home service space. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Totally. Right? So it, I, I'm so And excited. that's your fourth one, which is a bigger picture. Yeah, but I'm saying accountable accountability is, hey, brother, so, hey, we've already spent millions of dollars. It's been five years. When is it coming out? What's, what's, what's the timeline? What's the Yeah, target? realistic expectations. Right? So I'm holding him accountable. Sure, sure, you, sure. You know what I mean? As a partner. By the way, he holds me accountable all the time, right? So Totally. Anyway, and then uh, bigger picture is just like, okay, so what is, you know, what are we doing with this, right? What are we doing with this? Well, the goal is to, you know, eventually in three to five years, exit this company for multiple nine figures, it's gonna have data. It's gonna have, I mean, everything you need in in, sure. in this software. So, PropStream sold for 170, 180 million. I think we can sell for more in three to five years. You see, love so it, again, it. but our partnership principles, right, keep us very aligned with everything that we do, everything. Because I don't know if you know this, but All In Strategies is our parent company, mm-hmm. right, which has its own CEO. Me and Sal are just a business owner, and we are part of the board. Right, the three board members are the CEO, me, and Sal, and we're bringing in a fourth board member very soon. Nice. Um, uh, he's a he's one of my uh, uh, ex past spiritual mentors, so we're bringing his. Because guess what? We just pulled out of a five million dollar deal two weeks ago. My spiritual mentor said, uh, "Don't move forward." And I pulled out of a I pulled out of a five million dollar deal that I already had three hundred thousand dollars in in equity. I bought, I bought, I, 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 uh, I bought ten percent of that company, mm-hmm. right? And it was supposed to close it in May first. I bought ten percent of the companies at twenty uh, uh, of the company at twenty twenty thousand dollars a share, right? And sure. I bought ten percent of it for two hundred k. Okay. The the shares before we 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 pulled out were fifty thousand dollars a share. So we are we walked away from three hundred thousand dollars, and obviously the the principal of that company was like, yeah. Walk away, yeah. Because sure. guess what? He just got. He just got the three hundred thousand dollars a share. Right, right. But, but but the company didn't align with who we are and what we represent. Mm. That, so, that brings it all the way back from what we were talking about before, right? Like being aligned with your core values, trusting your gut, right? It was your your spiritual mentor, whoever who got my, the, my spiritual mentor. I, said, I told him the situation, and then I sent him the link, and I had him look at it. Not only did he say walk away from the company, sure. Another mentor that I have, that's his business partner, 
he's um uh he he's actually a billionaire. He's he's the he's the first billionaire that I've ever actually met and had mentored, or that mentored me. A billionaire. Sure. Look nice. him up. Guy named his name is Ed Kobel, K O B E L. Okay. Um, his um his family owns um. Uh, they're called uh, De Bartolo Development. They they used to own the 49ers at one point, right? Oh, nice. This guy made in the last crash, he uh he went from so he sold. God told him to sell right before the the crash in in 07, 08. Uh-huh. He sold two billion dollars worth of assets, and then he over the next six to twelve months, he actually his his company uh bought six billion dollars worth of assets with the two billion dollars. Mm. So. That guy, Ed, right, who is my spiritual mentor's business partner in some ventures, he spends 50% of his time abiding, and it's to the Lord, and then the other 50% is to, to, to the company. So he, he's, he's a multi-billionaire. The guy's a multi-billionaire. And he told him to tell me also to walk away. And it's funny, like, I, I walked away. I, I left $300,000 on the table. It didn't matter. Well, it's a red flag, right? And so, like, understanding and respecting that red flag wherever it came from, but then, right, getting something else that you, what you did is you reached out to other experienced people. Yeah, I always do. That have been there. So I'm, that's, I'm that's very huge. good at finding, um, I think most of my life I've been very good at, at identifying um, the who, right? Sure. Um, after I identify the how, I, I, I'm very good at identifying the who. I'll give you an example. Um, we needed a, uh, a media buyer for Facebook, Right. And, and, and I didn't know we were having these issues, right? Our, I don't know, Matt, you were at that meeting, right? Where, you know, my, my partner's like, we need a media buyer. I thought we had a media buyer. And then we, we had paid somebody for consulting. We had paid somebody, I think, a couple hundred dollars an hour. And he didn't want to give up his media buyer. So Sal wasn't very fond of that, right? Sure, he's, sure. he's working on that. But I said, you need a media buyer? All right. I said, give me a few hours. I'll have one of the best media buyers in the country. <laughs> made a couple phone calls my man's right there walked downstairs put the media buyer on the phone and i think that you guys i think they had a meeting with him either today is it awesome. you see what i'm saying sure, sure. Got one of the top again i'm very good i've always been very um i've always been very creative and very resourceful i had to be growing up the way that i grew up yeah right coming out of i mean you know my story they know I, my story. I know your story your story you know is I mean? awesome how do i survive by being creative and being resourceful so uh, I'm very quick at once I know, once I know the how, or sometimes I don't even need to know the how. I just go find the who. You know what I mean? And I yeah. and I br- and I bring that person to the table. Awesome, awesome. So we have Carlos Reyes in the studio with us as the Sexy Business Status Podcast. So it's not just about what business. does that mean, by the way? Sexy Business Status. Yeah. What is what does Sexy Business Status mean? <clears throat> so my roofing company, my hashtag is Sexy Roof Status. Okay. So what we do is we take homes that are garbage or that you know need have leaks or whatever, and we, we make them sexy, right? And so when you walk by, it came from a lady, actually, an older lady in Sun Lakes, right? 55-plus community, and we replaced her roof and came back out. She's like, that's a sexy roof. That was like five years that ago. That makes sense. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, And so I like the it. roof part. So yeah. switching to what we're doing here is people want to work for businesses that are appealing, right? And it's not just a shiny object syndrome like, oh, we're cool. We have all this glass this and that we're we're so shiny and fancy it's not that part it's give me something that's attractive right like i want people want to work for businesses that are attractive that that attract that and and appeal to the eye of like hey what are these guys doing right 
And so the sexy business status is, it's, it's my coaching program, but that's what it comes down to is people have these businesses, the owner operators, right? It's like you have an owner operator that has one or two employees and you have this opportunity for somebody that's, you know, somebody, a big wig that can really help you blow up your business. You can't even afford to pay them because your business is so small. Mm -hmm. And like that person could literally change your business and help you just skyrocket. Yep. But your business is not even appealing enough where they want to fill out a resume or fill out an application to come work for you. Yep. So what I do is I try and teach them by implementing things like core values, principles, right? Vision statement, vision, uh, statements, having all those things and attracting. I worked for my uncle's company for a decade. And we always had to go out and, f and find people to come work for us. Very, very few people ever came to actually say, hey, are you hiring? Can I come work for you? And I was like, why is that? So just a lot of, lot of personal you know, thought process there. And I said, well, why, why is that? And I said, well, it wasn't attractive. It wasn't appealing, right? It's race to the bottom. It's Walmart, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's race to the bottom for price. They, not paying your employees uh, well or being able <laughs> to incentivize them well. And... Also, what I love about the vision statement, right, is is you know where you want to go. So if we're on track to do, my roofing company is on track to do 13 or goals, 15, and then in two years, 25, that's appealing for somebody. Dude, like they're they're hiring, they're growing, right? But like I said, those other smaller guys that don't have any of those things and don't implement any of those things, like I, I want to come work for you. It's, it's you and your wife and you have one helper. Like I don't want to go to that. Like that's not, you know. And so that's what I want people to understand is that, hey, you got to start somewhere and you got to build it out. But as you go, create the environment and the culture. Culture is huge. So if, you, if you've ever met, you've met him before, CP3, Carlos, my sales manager. He's 6'7", big dude. And um, he used to work for another roofing company that's local here. And he sold $3.7 million in roofing um, as a sales rep. Like that's gangster, right? Like most I ever sold, even as an owner, was 2.7. I was also growing and scaling my business, but the most I ever done was 2.7. So we did a 3.7. I was like, this guy's on my radar. But what if I only owned a million-dollar roofing company? He wouldn't want to come work for me. I can't mm. even. He He's sold more than I have even ever done combined in a year, right? So that doesn't make sense. But when I was at 7 going to 10, he said he came over, and, uh, and it was a lateral move. He's my sales manager now, but he wasn't. He was just my sales rep. And I said, either you're a scam artist or, or your numbers are, are BS, yeah, or or something's off because you wouldn't make a lateral move to come sell for me like truck commission percentages all that everything was the same verbatim and I literally sat him down on the bench where we just were in the other room and I had my entire staff there I had like 20 people and he was coming in for an interview and I said best way to interview somebody put him in front of 20 people I, I did that just on the fly and I said sit down we're gonna have our interview right here right now he's like okay and so we just had a conversation it was like a five minute conversation and I said he's like yes I've done this he even showed me his numbers because we use the same software He's like, yep, here's what it is. Sure enough. And I said, so why are you making a lateral move from sell, a sales rep here to coming, doing the exact same thing for me? And he said, because your culture. And I said, so it was an awesome a compliment. Deal. It was a great compliment, a right? Deal. And I said, yeah. culture. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I've never heard you yell or scream at your employees. And, and, the, and he had two other people that used to work at the other business where they were screamers and MF bombers and all that stuff, but like towards clients towards employees towards like if you don't if you don't hit your quota i'm gonna fire your ass that that kind of culture and environment and he's like dude he's like i hate that so you can still have accountability yeah right but you don't need to be a douchebag and so that was one of my one of my things is like so the going bringing this all back to what is sexy business status i want people to know that they can create businesses and build businesses that are appealing and that people want to come work for mm -hmm. where there's a line you want to be the in and out you want to be the quick trip you want to be the chick-fil-a I love those three businesses more than anything. Why? Because there's always a freaking line. 
except for Sunday for Chick-fil-A, right? Like yeah, there's, there's always a line. If there's other businesses literally next door that are going out of business. Why? Because whatever they're doing is not appealing or sexy or it's not getting attention yeah. to, to, you know, to get people through the door. There's always lines at Chick-fil-A 24 seven quick trip. How many people love to go to Quick Trip? I was just about to say Quick Trip we love. Over, over Circle K. Why? Because no. they're always clean. All their employees wear the same they're stuff. Fast they're fast speed. They're fast. The tattoos and the gauges and the, and the crazy, the craziness of it, right? And the bathrooms. Well, and there's so like Circle K has a lot of drug addicts that, that are working there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and most of them don't have bathrooms or their clothes. They have better coffee. The, so they better coffee. Okay. They, they actually do, have good, uh, uh, good hot chocolate too. By the way, Quick Trip does. Well, so one, one thing that people are totally not like they're overseeing is that um there's two things circle k is doing which again dude i still man you you know it's funny man you you look at these multi-billion dollar companies and me being through what i've been through i i already see like man how can they don't get this right right i like i see it you know what i mean i see Mm -hmm. it because Mm -hmm. we we don't get me wrong We've been in the real estate flipping and investing game ten plus years, but we built software companies, sure. uh, medical companies, right? We had a solar company called Solar Fuse back in twenty nineteen. Yeah, you're telling me about that. that. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, we've built all kinds of different companies, right? And you look at a, a company like Circle K, and you're like, dude, I get it. Okay, I see that you're you're fixing the curb appeal and the aesthetics of some of the Circle Ks. Have you seen their their modeling QT so, now? Yep, right. Yep. 100%. Okay. Cool. Great move. I'm not knocking that, right? Second big thing that they've done that I see that they did, they have fresh coffee beans in their coffee machines. Oh, I'll wow. take Circle K coffee because it's you. It's like the beans are right there. You can see it. You can see it. Mm. It's not like powder, like you know, like like QT. Yeah, and hot so they already have better coffee. Boom. Than QT. Okay, but what was the number one difference that separated QT versus Circle K? The My- people. The employees, yes. The effectiveness, the the speed, the the professionalism. You yeah. get what I'm saying? You know what's right? crazy? So I, I did the this. energy, the youth. I had, and that's yes. the one. That's the last thing that I, I. Okay, now you have, now you have the the aesthetics. You have the building that right. is modeling after QT. Now you have the coffee. Believe it or not, coffee is a huge thing. Sure, coffee. I'll is, drink coffee, but I. Co- co- yeah, totally. Coffee is the number two most consumed. Uh, liquid commodity in the world, right? After water. So again, after water, sure. right? So now you have these two things going for you. When are you going to make the move of putting the right people in there like QT has? And, th- and that's that's a, the case in point with this as we wrap this up is Chick-fil-A, in and out Quick Trip. These are not $100,000 positions. They're literally high school kids. Yep. 30, or, 40, 50,000. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's it's lo, it's low paying, but it's also, so the skill set isn't there, but the processes and the systems and the expectations that, that's another thing. are You huge. do get what you paid for. I do believe that QT more than likely, right, is uh, they have a much better compensation plan than Circle K. So again, I don't know what Circle K's net profitability is, what their bottom yeah. line is every year. I'm sure they have enough to actually increase the compensation program and attract higher quality, higher caliber individuals. Well, so and the crazy part about that is Quick Trip. If I recall correctly, Quick Trip is not a franchise; it's it's individually owned. Chick Fil A is individually owned. In and Out is individually owned. My wife just hit her twenty year work anniversary at In and Out. She's thirty six. Wow. She started when she was sixteen. Yeah. She just like this month or next month is her twenty year work anniversary. And there's people that have been there for decades, flipping burgers. <laughs> Yeah. And you're like what? Yeah. And so that's the crazy part is, and so I don't know if it's like a franchise thing. So the so it's more of a trans 
actional type of approach with the Circle Ks compared to the Quick Trips. Like yeah. I said, the uniforms, well, I the cleanliness, was the bathrooms. I don't know if Circle K is a franchise. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know that yet. I don't know. I, I know 7-Eleven was. Yeah, 7-Eleven and, was. Was, and look where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but like, they're, they're but I not. think of, but I see, you know I, mean? I see, In and Out and Chick Fil A, they're both individually owned. They have a much tighter grasp on their core values, their presentation. You know, you have 15, 16 year old kids that most of them are punks, but the ones who work at Chick Fil A, um, they're my, professionals. My, my, ple my pleasure. Yeah, like they don't just sure, say that because here. they're working two registers at the same time. Yes, they're very efficient and effective employees. Yeah, when you go into Quick Trip, you don't feel, at least I don't feel like I'm being a nuisance to them. Like I'm a burden to them. You want to circle K and it's like, what do you want? Or like, I'm on my, they're playing Candy Crush you know, on the register. Quick Trip you get is what you pay for. the craziest part. If you pay attention in Quick Trip, when they get a line of like more than three people, they'll say, help, help. Mm -hmm. And so somebody will literally, I've seen people, I've seen employees run from the back room or from the kitchen or from whatever and come up to they the register important. to help. But that that is, and we can go on for hours about processes and systems. That is a trained technique by their staff. Right, my pleasure. A Chick Fil A people say, "Oh, thank you so much for taking my my tray." What do they always say? My pleasure. Like Good morning, verbatim, like Good morning. religiously. For coming in, yes, right? that feet, is a trained technique. Ten second rule. That's ten not, feet. Ten second rule. Yes. Oh, ten feet. Ten seconds. Yep. Anybody's yeah. within ten feet. Hey, how's it going? Good morning. Right. Or 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 ten seconds. You know, like what if they're like ten, within ten seconds of you or you guys are been conversating for ten seconds? You know, some sort like, of contact. Boom, boom, boom. You know, yeah. it's, it's contact, right? So I mean that's QT has it they have it they have it dialed in now the right. last thing you know how Tony Robbins has the basic human needs sure right the basic the 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 six I think it's the six I I don't know the him, but I've, I've listened six, to it before the six uh, basic human needs well I believe like doing what I've been doing now long enough right not only being in the corporate game for sure. over ten years but now owning my company for over ten plus years right I feel like the three uh, the three basic employee needs are mm -hmm. the following, right? I think every employee needs growth potential, right? Can they see a career? Can they can they see a career? Can they see certainty? Can they yes. can they see security in yeah. this organization? Longevity, right? Yeah. Right? Can I go from like you got your sales manager, right? Well, eventually your sales manager because you have you have C suites, then you have the D division, and you have the M division. You have C-suites, you have directors, you have managers. You know right, what I mean? He's right. a manager right now. Sure. Right? So what is his what is his next um on his next review, what is his next uh growth opportunity? Right? Is it is he a sales manager one? Right? Does it go from sales manager one to SM2, SM3, SM4? And does that come with raises? You see what I'm saying? Right. And then he goes into director. So people need to see these different quartiles, right? Growth potential, right? Is yes. there growth potential? And the reason right? why a lot of people don't want to work at these these small businesses because there's capacity issues. They're like, I don't see any opportunity for growth here. So people don't quit their job, they quit their boss. And that's the reason why, because they don't even create that that environment of growth. Mm -hmm. So they're like, Well, if I go here, I'm gonna make forty grand or sixty grand a year. I can never make a hundred well, grand. Well, that was my next my my, my next number two, right? Mm -hmm. Number one's growth potential. Okay. Number two is income potential, mm. right? Is there a path for them to make money, to make Love a good it. living? Is there a path, right? So income potentials, it's a huge thing for a lot of people, you know, okay. right? And then number three is what you were discussing earlier, environment, a.k.a. culture, sure. right? If sure. you can give an employee those three basic dire needs, growth potential, income potential, culture, or environment, I, I think that Game person is going to be a very happy person. And what do they say about happy, happy employees? Happy employees are productive employees, and productive employees drive results.
You know what I mean? And productive employees will attract other productive employees. And they will also filter out non-productive, yes. right? Negative, cancerous employees too. Love it. Love it. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for watching and listening. This is the Sexy Business Status Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Payne, with my man, Carlos Reyes. Carlos, appreciate you, dude. Thanks for being here. Thank you, And uh, yeah, we, like I said, those that are listening, uh, Carlos, if you if you watch this or see this before May 26th, uh, Carlos actually will be speaking at our event, uh, the Embassy Suites. Um, and so we'll put the link down below for you register for that. Uh, but yeah, appreciate you, brother. For sure. Thank you. Adios.